Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vivim or it its, and you can follow me on Tumblr at the Voice of Nightvale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use any pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. You can follow me on Twitter or on co-host at Topple Thrones, of which I have begun the journey of reading and talking about every tabletop game in the bundle for racial justice and equality that came out two years ago that a lot of people bought. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that for the next six years of my life because I'm doing a game a week. And there's th I have 378 games in that folder. It's a uh, so. it's a big bundle. It's a big bundle. Wyatt said, I'm dedicating some of my life to Supernatural. I might as well dedicate the rest of my life to something I actually care about. Tabletop uh -huh. role-playing games. <laughs> if Supernatural yeah, has correct. taught us anything, it's that you can't go home, so you might as well go big. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So true. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok at Word of Godcast. And hey, we made it. We're a third of the way through We're the here. show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's gonna be content problems i mean probably because we're going to be talking about the cw supernatural so content <laughs> warnings for this episode follow content warnings for this episode include show typical mentions of fridging cultural appropriation and colonialism if you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag you can reach us through our ask box on tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com and if you have done either of those things before we are recording this episode you are probably going to hear your question so yeah stick around. gold gold star to you um, mm -hmm. if we don't have any content warnings, we should do the little, like, uh, stock kids cheering sound effect. <laughs> yes. Aww. Oh, and then also, um, we did mention that we would have an extra special guest on the show. Unfortunately, Mitch could not, uh, yeah. come on today, but we will find a way to fill the airtime. Um. Yeah, we're not gonna not talk. Yeah, that's we're gonna cool. actually. That's... This episode is just three hours of static. Uh huh. <laughs> just a heads up. In, in yeah. Protest. Cecil Baldwin voice. <laughs> and now the weather. It is so hot here, actually. It's really hot down here right now, even though it's only fifty-eight degrees outside. It's. I'm the, fucking yeah, mad. It's nice and cool right now because it's super early in the morning, so mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm good right now. Fantastic. Oh man, I can't. Hey, I, I can't go today. We're talking about today. We're talking about all of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> all of it. Just um, just, how, many uh, seasons, how many episodes is that? Hold on, I'm just gonna it's, stitch um, in uh, every synopsis of every episode that we've done mm -hmm. up until now. Uh, enjoy <laughs> the next. I don't know, like five hours. <laughs> no, I don't know if it'll take that long. But okay, if my quick math was right, that's 104 episodes. That sounds about right. That sounds about yeah. Um, I could have just checked one of them. for a year. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and we also just passed a couple weeks ago our first birthday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Proud to announce that I just tried googling Swan Song without putting Supernatural in mm. the search. Congrats. Also, this is our fiftieth episode, so yeah. yes. everything is lining we timed up it perfectly. It's all coming up. Yeah, it's very funny that our like weird watch order where we <laughs> switched to two episodes just ended up making this episode fifty. Yeah. We planned it and from yeah, the beginning, right. Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Supernatural. Yeah. Oh, we should tell Wyatt about the Misha and Jensen versus Jared stuff. Yeah, yeah. okay. Let's open so, up today with a little bit of a little bit of actor drama. 
Yeah, real people exist in real wor- in the real world. Strangely, uh, well, I mean that's so a, apparently that's a like at GymCon, which might still be going on. I'm, this is I, I think this is know, where like the, the thing I just posted is from because it's tagged as Jib. Right, that makes sense. Um, Jared like ducked out of it a little while ago, and like I can't remember who somebody like reacted <laughs> in a way that was very similar to his gutted breakdown, which mm-hmm. was really funny. Um, like she was surprised that he had told a fan instead of her first. So like, mm. I don't remember who she, like maybe his publicist. Um, but anyway, he didn't come to JibCon and then, uh, Jensen was like dunking on him for it. Damn. Yeah. Let me, uh, post the actual in the refs. I just got a face full of Pope Francis blessing the waters of the Jordan River. <laughs> uh, I just realized I, I haven't put here. my pop card on, so I'm just going to do that really put that little 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 mic yeah so on. so jensen said that jensen and misha said that jared texted them a photo of himself floating in his pool and jensen said apparently he didn't actually have any other commitments this weekend it turns out that when you're the executive producer of the show you decide when you work oh my goodness <laughs> this is according to somebody who's there and apparently live tweeting it right so um they said that misha said um let's destroy him and jensen said i think we just did <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! I love when actors oh, have man. feuds. It's so funny to me specifically. It's so good. Go boys. Maybe they wouldn't want to fucking dunk on you if you weren't such a weirdo dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. And then I also have a video that I found on Twitter about a fan informing Jensen of the uh, jackal's ass equation post. <laughs> Why would you do that? I know. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell them these things. That's so weird. Like, imagine you're, like, a semi-famous person, and someone's like, oh, yeah, we all went through a phase where we were, like, obsessed with staring at your ass. I don't Uh, know. I'd feel pretty weird about that. Yeah, no, understandably, (sighs) like, this is, like, sexual harassment. Um, But this is also, like, not but, but this is par for the course for Supernatural conventions. It has always been... Yeah, from everything that I've heard, that, yeah... Yeah, it's always been fans being weird to the actors. In I passed Jensen a picture ways. of the Ackles ass equation, and he writes question mark no at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, deep cut. Um, why apparently somebody cut. gave um, Jensen their, or like not gave, but showed Jensen their essay on like Dean being bisexual. And oh yes, you. Uh, I think you've mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. I might have. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so funny. Um, Fans, fans are weird, y'all. Mm-hmm. I would simply never interact with another human who I don't already know. Well, you didn't know me when we started the podcast. Yes, I know. This is we a joke. Like a joke. I'm, making a jo- I'm making a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> I would simply never talk to anyone. Yeah. I don't know who you guys are. I'm talking to I myself simply here. Simply live in my cave. Yes. Um. How to explain Plato's allegory of the cave to my friend Wyatt? <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's supernatural, right? That's the shadows dancing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm slowly teaching you about what the world is like by showing you Supernatural, and so you come out thinking that straws are gay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you came um, out? Good for you. <laughs> Coming out of my cave and I'm doing just fine. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's um, talk about this stupid show that we That's Sam at the end of season five, like, I guess. <laughs> uh, like a hundred hours of our lives talking about. We didn't even, like, talk about how this episode was going to be structured. Nope. We were just like, we're just yeah, going we to talk. We're just going to talk. Lots of people do do it like this. That's true. Who needs structure? That's true. 
Do you want to read uh, that nice review that we got? Yeah, sure. Let's start with a recent review that we got um, from... Oh, fuck. It didn't, it didn't copy the name of the person. Hold on, let me go back to Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Everyone's going to know your shame. I'm not copying things. Oh, wait, it's all right. I already had it open. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. Great punchline. <laughs> Listen, I may it's, be stupid. It's, uh, so I don't know how to pronounce this, but I found it. Fugi Yufi on August 26th, which is two days ago as of this recording. It says, Kripke era is not the gold standard. I listened to about 15 SPN podcasts, what ADHD does to an MF, and Word of God is definitely one of my favorites. Ash, Emma, and Wyatt work really well together, and I like the dynamic of three people who have seen different amounts of the series. That said, I figured ahead of the season 5 review, I would make my very casual case for late stage SPN seasons 8 through 15. So, Supernatural is bad. If I wanted to watch good TV, I would go literally anywhere else. More than anything, SPN is an experience. It's something that happens to you. I just don't think seasons 1 through 5 are cumulatively any less bad than the rest of the show. Although the Kripke era racism is bad, bad, bad. Except maybe Gamble era, but that gave us 620, so I can only speak for myself. But the only reason I was able to finish 15 seasons and choose to stick around is the characters. I mean, as a cast girl, I think 6 through 15 are worth it for his arc alone. But does Kripke era have Drowley, Rowena, Eileen, Claire, or Jack? The cast slash Colette parallels? The the widower arc? No, and it's so special to see cast find faith and purpose outside of the Winchesters. Don't read this part, Wyatt. <laughs> but so true. Um, so yes, ultimately this is all very subjective. Each showrunner has their highs and lows, and it depends on what you personally get out of it all. But I do selfishly hope you all make it to the end, heart emoji. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Uh, you are terrifying t and powerful to me. That's a lot of podcasts about it, it, one show yeah. to listen to. 15, I can barely yeah. handle like two podcasts. Like I follow maybe three, but I'm really bad at keeping up. I I haven't listened past like episode 20 something of my own podcast. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Respect. We do have every intention of making it to the end. Um, yeah. Hopefully nothing goes horribly wrong in any of our lives. Yeah. Um, allowing the ghost of Mitch to possess me. Um, Supernatural is... It's most cohesive if you treat seasons one through five as a sh as its own, like, insular thing. But I agree with you, Fugi Yuffie, that as, as al also a cast girl, um, as also somebody who enjoys uh, all the late season's characters... Um, that is that is what I will keep going to the show for, and it is what I keep going to the show for. Um, because like, there, like, yeah. Um, I don't it's know. Certainly not the plot. <laughs> yeah, certainly not the plot. And it'll be interesting seeing how I look back on uh, the later seasons when, first of all, um, so when I was watching Supernatural initially, I fell off at season ten or eleven. Whatever stuff started with the Amara stuff, um, I was that that was when I was caught up and I was watching the episodes as they came out on Hulu. And after like the third episode, despite the fact that Crowley was in it and I love him, I was like, this fucking sucks. It was probably the first time I had ever had that thought about a show because I don't usually have that thought about shows. Um, usually I'm just like, haha, I am experiencing. Um but that's when I stopped watching Supernatural, and then when November 5th happened, 
<laughs> yep. I went through and I watched all of Supernatural all the way up until the end. And me and Emma watched the finale together having drinks. And so that's where I am now. <laughs> so, so my memory of especially late, late seasons is entirely a blur. Seasons six through eight are pretty much all the same to me. There's like little bits that I remember of like being good that I liked. Um, but like, I don't actually know most of the plot. I do remember the plot of season 15, kind of, maybe. Maybe I don't actually. <laughs> I know, like, I know, I have vague, uh, idle inclinations of uh -huh. what the season fourteen and fifteen plot is. Um, so it'll be interesting going back through as a close reader and seeing what I actually think of late seasons and um, being able to like determine like does it is Kripkira actually stand out amongst mm -hmm. yeah, the rest of the fun. show. That's that's also yeah. why I'm looking forward to like watching that anime. Yeah, as going all the way back. Yeah, yeah, I mean like the shows not no TV shows are meant to be watched the way we watch them. They're not. Mm -hmm. They're not meant to. Well, that's not true. Some of them are. Um, but this era of television, the style of television, is just meant for something like you put on once a week and be like, ah, I'm gonna watch my Blorbos fight a monster. Um, it's not. We're not. You're not supposed to like look into it deeply because when you do it kind of falls apart uh and i say that with affection i've i've enjoyed watching this show yeah um my take on later seasons is that i haven't seen most of them but i know um all the characters or most of the characters or most of most of the characters um like i know things about most of the characters um but i also like i know there was a while where I could tell you, like, which arc was which season, um, like, which who was the big bad of each season. And I don't think I can do that for, like, most of the late seasons. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Amaro is season 11. Um, and I know Jack is, like, a season 12 thing, you know, like, that much I can say. Um, and that's, like, mostly guesswork. But um, I'm looking forward to finding out more about late seasons. And we're pretty close to catching up to where I'm am in my personal yeah, that's watch like i'm watching episodes for the first time at this point um not in the show but like as i continue i'm midway through season seven now i haven't progressed in a little while um and i've never finished season seven and so going through you know season five was maybe like the second maybe third time i had seen these episodes so it's you know i was familiar with it in like i watched it in 2015 kind of way and then I was familiar in the, like, yeah, I've watched this a couple times. I watched it when I was, like, watching it in, like, you know, peak fangirl era and also as, like, somebody with a little bit more critical thinking skills. And now I'm watching it for the sake of critical thinking, um, which is really fun, honestly. I really enjoy applying, like, yeah. highbrow uh, literary criticism and, like, analytical lenses to this, like, objectively bad television show. Um, and, like, I say bad... And I, I mean, I think we've made this clear throughout um, our reviews of these episodes, but like bad as in like, okay, it's trashy, low art, you know, it's the CW. No one's expecting it to be like, I don't know, breaking bad. Um, mm -hmm. But um, so it's bad in that way, but it's also bad because like its premise is so white supremacist, you know, like there's, there's both of those coexisting, but then there's also the fact that like, it's not good, but it is enjoyable. Um, and every now and then you get a good episode. And so it feels worth it because, you know, like I watched mm -hmm. um, Doctor Who 12's era. 
I did not mm-hmm. like any of the episodes. I, I don't have an episode I like from that era, but I like 12 enough that I have like a pretty good sense of that era as opposed to 11's era, which I didn't like at all. Um, if you, if you so don't like Supernatural to me is 12. Do not fucking interact. I don't like it. Sorry. I think <laughs> it's so Moffat. It's, I know, but also. I think if it weren't Stephen Moffat, I would like it so much more maybe. Yeah. But this is not Peter a Capaldi podcast. Capaldi saves it. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, there is it. It is always interesting to me that you can like watch a show because I've definitely felt this. You can like watch a show and be like, put put individually. I don't know if any of this is good, but somehow it all like gestalts together into being like, oh yeah, I like this character. I like this, yeah. this is fun. Um, I'm a Mobile Suit Gundam fan, and if the <laughs> I'm not to say, like, that Supernatural has nothing on Mobile Suit Gundam, but if you want to be deeply frustrated with a show for 150 episodes, watch, <laughs> watch all of UC Gundam, which I have I, I did again recently. Um, again. Yeah, I'm very much here uh, for characters over plot as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, I would never have been able to, to watch Gundam, because I, I watched it for my Blorbos. Uh, exactly. And also and my cool that's... robots. Unfortunately, the show doesn't have any cool robots, so I'm never going to be all the <laughs> way in, but that's fine. Yeah, I think the reason like shows like Supernatural attracts like, fandom the w- that treats it the way that fandom does... Um, like Breaking Bad doesn't have fandom. It has like it's it's experiencing a little bit of a surge on Tumblr right now, especially now that Better Call Saul is like the mm. hit thing. Um, where like you know it gets a Breaking Bad specifically as like an example of you know high art prestige television gets like jokingly fandomified because it's funny to think about you know I don't know Walter White doing incorrect quotes because it's funny. Um, but like there isn't really the same like genuine like oh Gus Fring uh-huh. is my Blorbo. Um, whereas like Supernatural, because the plot is bad, you have to be in it for the characters or you simply would not be watching it. And mm-hmm. like fandom is largely character driven, um, which mm-hmm. is what drives so much of fan fiction because you can like write a U fic where the characters are in a completely different setting and plot and like you're still in it because it's your characters. Um where on the other hand, like if you really like the world building of something and you don't care about the characters, you'll probably use that as the AU setting rather than taking the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do want to say Mike Ehrmantraut is my Blorbo, but that's true. He deserves <laughs> it. Um, yeah, definitely. If you and I think this is why I will be referencing Mitch because um, we talk about this a lot, and uh, I think they have a good point. Um, Mitch is right when they say that like. Seasons 1 through 5 is a coherent show. It has a good plot. It ends in a way. The reason they fell off after that is because they weren't as invested in the characters as the rest of us are. Um, And, like, a big thing for a lot of us is Destiel. Um, Yeah, like, Seasons mm -hmm. 1 through 5 is about family. Like, there's a, like, a consistent undercurrent of, like, a specific thematic, um, like, maybe even, like, a message, although it's, you know debatable what that message would be but like there is something being engaged with throughout seasons one through five um and then like seasons six through 15 to my understanding of it like it's not so much about the dynamic between the characters anymore and more about like what can we throw at them what plots Mm -hmm. can we keep making up what consequences Um, can we keep having instead of like what do we want them to be feeling and also 
the the finale of season five is so much more satisfying and so much better than the season 15 mm-hmm. finale. Uh-huh. So if you don't want to feel ultimately frustrated and unsatisfied, then yeah, <laughs> just watch the first five seasons. Yeah, like, like we made fun of. If you want to watch a television show, then just watch the first five seasons. If you want to see your blurbos do the little dances and turn around in a microwave, then then you watch the rest <laughs> of the show. Yeah, we made fun of early seasons, like Monster of the Week episodes, for always being like so on the nose about like whatever emotional issue they're facing. But like that's what I want it for, you know. Mm-hmm. If an episode yeah. isn't about the character's interiority, then what is it doing for me? Um, yes, says says person who has written. Uh, monster of the week for cast specifically like that's what it's there for okay person who has co-written i'm so sorry um, <laughs> oh i was just i was just me. coughing like self-consciously but you're, you're right don't leave me out of this um yeah like the show as it stood you know at the end of season five isn't necessarily like geared towards fan service but it ends up catering to it in the sense that like it is what appeals to fandom so Mm -hmm. you know like fandom tumblr fandom was emerging like tumblr was born in middle of seasons one through five um Mm. and then like tumblr fandom kind of like fandom culture early fandom culture you know squeeing and glomping and all that was like (laughs) emerging a little bit after seasons one through five but like like without the basis of seasons one through five we wouldn't have the interests that led to like season eight era of mm-hmm. you know Destiel taking over tumblr yeah um i i think about my own obviously as the old time fan that's my job but i think about my own relationship to fandom and my own introduction into fandom and i also listen to homestuck made this world although i'm really behind um because i was also like simultaneously Almost. I was into Homestuck and Supernatural and Doctor Who and Sherlock. Um, those were like my four main fandoms. Yes, I was a, a <laughs> Super Who Lockstuck. But I wasn't in the Super Who Lockstuck fandom. I was just there. Um, so it's really interesting to, to think about like my place within the grander timeline of like fandom and then also the change in media that happened during the aughts that... Like, obviously, fandom existed before that. Star Trek, The X-Files, you know, everything like that. And and the the rise of internet culture changed the dynamic of fandom. Because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, in the 90s, you had, like, forum forum uh, groups and stuff. And you could send each other zines and, and your fanfictions. Now, with AO3 and Tumblr and fanfiction.net and uh, Twitter, um, it's all, like gotten digitized and then also the way we interact with media has changed because of the shift in culture towards media um for better or for worse um so it's always interesting to me to think about like where i fit in within that and then like look back and be like oh yeah i can see this trend i can i can point from a to b because i like anthropology Mm -hmm. i want to take an anthropology of fan fiction class anthropology of fandom yeah Mm -hmm. it feels like a it feels like we'll probably be talking more about fandom from this point onwards in terms of, like, particularly because, like, the show stops having a plot. Yeah. Well, like, it that's... stops having a plot and starts having quote-unquote plot. Uh-huh. <laughs> less interesting plot. Plot we will have less fun talking about than we had talking about 
the yeah. first seasons. Yeah, like, I mean, well, from, this, despite the interruption of like bringing angels in and Dean accidentally going to hell, like besides, like even even taking that into account, like they did pretty much continue, you know, like they they turned it into they incorporated it into like making a pretty cohesive story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like thinking back on it now. Um, I mean, you earlier brought up like the message. Like I've been thinking about that, or like the theme. Um, mm-hmm. in a big way, like what the show has ended up meaning to me anyway is like trying to figure out like who you are, uh, like free of all of the things that are constantly influencing you. Like mm-hmm. the show is constantly about like parental figures and like mm-hmm. things that happen to you completely out of your control, like Sam being born with the demon blood in him, like the way they were raised and socialized by John and like breaking free of that. Like, so much of the show is about that. And then, of course, they learn that they're part of this big cosmic scheme um, and need to find their own, like, selfhood and, like, expressions of who they are amidst all these, like, tides that are throwing them around. And, like, they succeed. Like, in the end, they do that. Like, even though both of them... Even though, like, uh... Even though what happens to Sam is, like, a little bit what the angels wanted to happen with Sam, he still, like, takes his own, like, control and selfhood, like, out of that, being like, okay, I'm taking you with me, and I'm going in the hole. I'm not letting Lucifer do this. And Mm -hmm. Dean, meanwhile, even though he really wants to, like, sacrifice himself again, bring Sam back, die, he's like, that's part of... He recognizes at the very end of the show, at the very least, that those impulses in him are not all he is or all he has to be, and so he's going to try to figure out who he is, like, without Sam, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I like that it's not... I like that it's not clean. I like that he's still, like... No, of course I still have this conditioning in me, because, like, we always will, but I can recognize it and try to move past it. And yes, the way he does that is like compulsory heteronormativity because that's what the show is. But like that aside, I can appreciate the like thematic intent there. Yeah. And I think the show built toward it very well, like with the slow building between like John and then yellow eyes and then the angel stuff, like the escalation is good. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was about to say, like, as you were just pointing out, like the, the reason it feels so cohesive is because it just feels like kind of an unfolding or like a mm-hmm. heightening of the same theme as we progress through different villains. Um, mm-hmm. Like season one is about trying to find John, right? Like it's the three of them. They're doing Monster of the Weeks because we're focusing on like the emotional dynamics of this horrible little stunted dysfunctional family. And then you and know, particularly we, around we get revenge more and more too, right? about like how, mm-hmm. like how tight and snarled these same threads get. And, like, it's it's always pulling on that same emotional core. And in an interesting way, um, this is kind of, eh, kind of, like, it's similar to the plot of season 15. Of, like, they, they return to the idea of free will and what that means and, and things like that. I don't think they do it as effectively as they do it in these early seasons. But mm-hmm. that will be for us to decide when we've watched season 15. Long time from now. Uh, yeah. yeah, the reason why I bring up Revenge specifically is, like, it's the ultimate storytelling, like, autonomous mm-hmm. response thing, in my opinion. Like, it's a, it's it's so often, like, a given, like, oh, this person killed X person that's important to me. I am now going to go kill them back. Like, it's a, it's a math equation, basically. 
um, and is like very much someone doing a thing that then creates an impulse in you that like stories about revenge generally explore of like was it right to have this impulse? Should I have bothered? Like, am I furthering the cycle, et cetera, et cetera? We all know this. We we mm -hmm. we we've all seen a revenge story. Um, we've all seen Avatar. We've all read Hamlet. <laughs> yep. And just the fact that we can name like four different like versions of this story just goes to show that it is so uh, core to the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Stories of... love consequences. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a, a good segue. Do like I don't know how we want to do this. Um. Um. I was actually thinking about like the genre of tragedy, um, and like whether or not Supernatural seasons one through five is a tragedy. Um, mm. it's certainly tragic, but is it mm -hmm. a tragedy? And I like I'm I'm very interested in the concept of tragedy. I think tragedies are compelling as hell. Mm -hmm. um, and for Same. for context, I reread the entire Gideon the Ninth last night, um, so I'm oh, insane yeah. now. But yeah. uh, not last night, um, yesterday. But that book rules. Uh, it's so fucking good. Um, I'm sticking I sticking the Harry. hell out of my copy. But um, I, I often return to the like concept of a tragedy, and I feel like there's. I'm gonna say something, and then I'm gonna take it back. There's two categories of tragedy: one where the tragedy was avoidable, and one where mm. it wasn't. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. And I was also thinking about this when I was listening to Hades Town. Um, I guess spoilers for Hades Town for what I'm about to say, but I mean it's Orpheus and Eurydice, so you know how it goes. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> so like, I mean Hades Town specifically though. But um, I had such coherent thoughts. One second, <laughs> I should have written this down. Okay, so like in a tragedy that's avoidable. You know, like, it seems like the Orpheus and Eurydice myth is, like, really straightforwardly, like, he should have just not turned around. Um, but what Hadestown does is that it, it, like, changes it into one that feels unavoidable because of the characters being who they are in this situation. You know? Yeah. Um, there was a really good post from, I think they deactivated and have a different blog now, but, like, Tragedy Camp or Dark Comedies. I mean, those are the same person. I just can't remember which blog is their current one. Um, about like how tragedies seem unavoidable, I mean, seem avoidable from the outside um, because of course you would just know better, but you know, yeah. and they gave a really good um, metaphor of um, the, if you're tripping, you know, if you, if, if I asked you like, okay, if you started to fall and you had a cup of coffee in your hands, what would you do? And it's like, well, of course I would just move my leg and, you know, hold the cup steady and whatever. And like, you know how to catch yourself from falling, but in the moment you might fling your cup, you know, like it's, it's easy to say from the outside, like, oh, yeah. you should have just not done that thing that caused the tragedy to happen. But it, you know, in the moment and as yourself, it's a lot harder to get out of that narrative. So mm -hmm. um, what Hades Town does with the characters is like develop them with personalities that make the ending inevitable in like really tasty ways because um, deciding whether to go into it. I think I am going to go into it. Skip like a minute mm -hmm. if you don't want to hear Hades Town spoilers because like at the start of Hades Town, Eurydice is like, um, like tough. And she she does what she needs to to survive, you know, and Orpheus is an optimist. And then um, this is getting too into it. But Hadestown also does really interesting things with like metaphoricalizing death. Um, like it's still there as an undercurrent, but it's subtextual. But that's that's for another day. But um, so when Orpheus, when Eurydice goes to Hadestown, 
you know, when she goes with Hades, when she dies, it's framed like she made a choice to do that because of her desperation. You know, she succumbed to her hunger, um, which, you know, in the original myth is just she died. And in mm-hmm. Hades Town is less straightforwardly. She couldn't have done anything else, but it still gives the same impression that she couldn't. She could never have done anything else. And so because she's already left him once, Orpheus has doubt introduced to him and he's no longer that same optimist and he's um, he is no longer capable of just taking at face value that she's going to be behind him. And so, of course, he turns around. And so the same story has gone from a tragedy that was avoidable to a tragedy that feels unavoidable. Um, and I can't remember how I was going to connect this to Supernatural, <laughs> except that like those two categories and the way that they intertwine with each other, you know, like whether Supernatural is a tragedy and if it could have ever gone any other way, you know, like the, the characters mm-hmm. are literally in a story. They're aware that they're in God's story and they don't want to be playing those roles, but they're also in our TV show. And those are the roles uh-huh. that these actors uh-huh. are playing. So how can they ever get out? Mm-hmm. Um, and like Sam is worried that he's not good enough, right? That he's not pure enough. And so what does he end up doing? He goes to hell. You know, Dean doesn't think that he can uh, survive on his own. He's, you know, desperate to cling to his family. His dad disappeared, so he immediately went to his brother. And what does he He ends up alone. He tries to have a new family. We'll see how that works out for him. Although that's later season, so I shouldn't bring that into this conversation. But, like, it's so tasty that, like, they both have to face exactly what is their worst fear. And that's just the ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, there's, like, car revving out my window. You might be able to hear it. But um, the... Uh... I watched a uh, I watched and read a couple interviews with Eric Kripke leading up to this out of curiosity. And one thing he mentions that immediately made things click for me is that he considers himself a structuralist. Um, he mentions like uh, an anecdote of like, okay, if you want the story of this episode to end with a character like killing his dad, then at the start of the episode, he needs to, he and his dad need to be like tight. Like we need to end in the opposite of where we started because stories are about change and journeys like yeah you know what fair i'm not a structuralist but like i can appreciate structure or i'm like i'm not solely a structuralist i guess i guess i should say Uh, i think it's tasty when things you set up are paid off obviously um and so there's definitely like that there of being like well of course they need to like face the thing that we've set them up with like that's how stories work uh and yeah it is interesting that like they both do not don't want to fall into their roles in like the the broader like cosmological story that they fall in but they also still end up like needing to in order to not do that they have to face those parts of themselves that they've like struggled with this whole time and like of, of course they do because that's how stories work but it is funny that like they still end up falling into like story structure. Yeah, the tragedy is is that they change, but ultimately nothing changes. Um, and and like the details change, but at the end of the day, like shit still sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to me, like, and this isn't if I pretend that the rest of the show doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. To me, the I guess like hope at the end, like I I feel like there is I feel like the show is was attempting to point toward there being some kind of like hope of change, 
with um michael being dragged down with lucifer because now they have nothing like now they're stuck in a hole together and can do nothing but talk Mm -hmm. uh and like an angel being brought down like into that cage where his brother was locked away i don't know i really i continue to think about that choice and like just really like it it i feel like that was a really smart narrative decision that like you don't have to do a lot you can just do that you can just say that happens and like the audience can just think about that and it's that style of like open-ended ending that i'm a big fan of in general mm -hmm. uh jake abel also loves that empty space all right <laughs> that's his name right y yes that's jake his name. Abel? yeah okay cool um okay do we want to um transition to like answering some questions yeah i was like sure. um i know one of the questions is going to let us talk about some of the other things that i want to talk yeah. about so yeah I'm we're gonna to, we're gonna to structure this talk around. about everything i just want to make sure we answer the questions before we're like oh it's been four hours yeah yeah, yeah. no for sure for sure um okay so these are from uh people on tumblr uh, the first one is Fruit Halo asked, Hey guys, love your podcast. I tune in every week. Now that you guys have finished Kripke era, how would you each rank seasons one through five in terms of quality or personal yeah, here, enjoyment? Yeah, this is the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, thank you. We love you too. Um, thank you. Uh, see, this is hard because my memory is bad. Yeah, I'm pulling up SPN episode list. <laughs> yeah, literally same. Oh. We're trying to rank the seasons? Yes. Yeah, well, which which one's, which like, is... not even in terms of quality, but, like, personal enjoyment. Right. Yeah, quality or personal enjoyment, which there is, there is a correlation, I think, because mm -hmm. better seasons tend to be more enjoyable. <laughs> okay, I think season four is probably the coolest. Um, we get, like, Lazarus Rising, which rules. Mm -hmm. um, we have angels being, like, horrifying instead of just their friends, which is also mm -hmm. good and, like, super cool when, like, fucking angels are just like you're some guy um but the just some guyification of supernatural gets old really fast and so it's fun mm -hmm. to like look at when it's still like leaning hard into the cosmic horror um and i really like season one for like the pure nostalgia especially like on a rewatch you know the first time you don't really appreciate how baby they are but if you look at season one after uh -huh. you've seen any other seasons they're so little and yeah. they literally oh there was a post from a long time ago like a long time ago um it was a screenshot. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, a screenshot from the pilot, and Sam just looks like a baby, and it says like he still thinks he's gonna get to his interview on Monday, <sighs> which yeah. makes me like lie down on the yeah. floor and scream. Um, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, Sam. So, yeah, I would say probably either seasons four or one. Season one is iconic. I think. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. looking at this episode list, and like, I remember every single one of these episodes. Like, they're all pretty different from each other broadly despite the fact that we have like a bunch of ghost episodes i feel like this was really when they were like playing around the most with the formula mm -hmm. um early versions of things like you'd i think it's always fun to watch that because you can see them like figuring out like what they are and like where they want to go um and as a monster of the week show i feel like that really works like just looking at these like we have we have the pilot we have like simple ghost starting with a ghost we have wendigo which you know why did i yeah. say it like that we have we have wendigo um which uh you know uh 
not the fact that they shouldn't use that monster aside. We talked about the fact that like we liked that episode. They were in the woods in that episode. When have they been in the woods since then? Roadkill. Uh, yeah, ro- right. Roadkill. That was cool. One. They were in the woods in heaven during the bright, uh, bright side of the earth. That's true. Right, but well, I guess that's in, also like, the fields thing. They more. They don't really like hunt monsters anymore. Yeah, they're too busy no. trying to stop the apocalypse instead of like and- chasing down a single ghost um yeah and i think the the fact that the first season gets to have all of the like the reason why the first season monster of the week stuff works so well is because it's the first season yeah everything is new yeah it's hard mm-hmm. to do monster yeah, of the week stuff in season that. five because it's like we've seen we've seen ghosts we've seen vampires yeah. like we we get it yeah and also so they I have feel to like, that's... like escalate yeah exactly which is why seasons one through five kind of like work as a show and like would have been a solid ending because there's only so high you can raise the stakes without it getting increasingly ridiculous that like your two guys are the most important guys in the world so like giving them an arc from being monster of the week hunters to being like wait i'm actually the protagonist um like it works it's good because they're not ready for that and then they do like little callbacks of like oh remember when our lives were so simple um even Mm -hmm. though they were never normal like that's good that works um, when you have like another 10 years of just increasingly saving the world from bigger and badder threats, like it just, it goes Dragon Ball Z, um, which still yeah. like, it's not terrible, but it gets silly. Yeah. Oh man. It, I forgot it becomes camp. season one. Yeah. I was, yeah. I'm listening to the podcast currently to find TikTok <laughs> places and I'm listening to season two and I was like, oh my God, God, remember when Folsom prison blues? Yeah, I'm just looking through this, like, yeah, a lot of these, remember like, I remember cases? really fo- really fondly. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when like, Sam used to go to the library all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dead in the Water, great episode. Phantom Traveler, mm-hmm. weird episode. <laughs> Bloody Mary, good episode. I remember that being fun. I like the conflict mm-hmm. at the end with the with all the mirrors in that old antique yeah, shop. that was uh, really Skin, good. fantastic episode. Hookman. Yeah. Fun, like, interesting setting, uh, bugs, terrible, but in a way that I have affection for now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, it gives me brain, wor- brain worms home, for Sam. Yeah, great Haunted House episode. Home Rocks, what a home good episode. Uh, Asylum, surprisingly, like, good for what uh-huh. it was. Yeah, uh, surprisingly subversive. Scarecrow, stupid plot, but fun setting. Um, it was a cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Faith, we yeah we know fantastic Faith episode makes me um, run inside out. Route six 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 again, extremely stupid, kind of I feel like, affection all the way for bad, it. Except that it gave us Cassie. Yeah, so true. Um, oh, what was I'm blanking on Nightmare. Nightmare was the one that introduced Max. Well, introduced yep. and ended, I guess. Max Miller, the other psychic kid. I think that was oh. the first other sidekick kid, right? That was season yeah. one. Man, so much happens in season one. Yeah, I feel yes. like seasons one and two are like a cohesive blur in that they're like the same big bad building. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, exactly. And then season three kind of schmears towards later seasons because it's so small. Um, and then season four and five go together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we have that, the, the Benders. Um, interesting episode. Not a fan of it, but... They were trying to do something. Yeah. Um, it was fun to talk about, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow was the... Was Shadow, Shadow was Meg in the Davis? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Hell House... Right. We talked about how good a, ba- a back, like, back-to-back Shadow and Hell House was. Hell House, great. Mm. 
something wicked was the was the backstory episode with like them as kids, right? Hunting the Striga. Yeah, that's that's a good episode. As a Dean girl. Um, what was Provenance was Sam going on a date with Sarah Sarah Blake? The haunted painting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I liked that one as like a good Monster of the Week episode, and then also just as a good Sam episode. Yeah. Um, and then Dead Man's Blood, uh, Vampires, The Gun, The, the Cult. John is cult. here. Uh, and then the two-parter John's ending. Here. Yeah, man, so much happened in season one. Yeah, I think, uh, hmm. Seasons one and two, Handshake, Lazarus writing. So fucking much happens here. <laughs> hmm. Um, I, I have a hard time picking out favorites of Supernatural because, like, I have favorite moments, favorite episodes, rather than, like, favorite mm-hmm. working seasons yeah i'm more just thinking like what what seasons have the most episodes that i liked the best that's fair i think season five is like my favorite just because like although the pacing is sometimes leaves something to be desired i love Cass. i love the angels i love um team free will um i love like it's so heavy on the like themes of um you know playing your role uh, and and rebelling against like this path that has been chosen for you, um, and yeah. Although I think Laz- Lazarus Rising is like my favorite episode all time. It's One a good them. episode. It's a good fucking episode. It's so good, and it's so pretty. Like they were doing things with that one. Yeah. Well, that's because it's Kim Manners. Everyone say thank you, Kim Manners. Thank you, Kim Manners. Rest in peace, King. Um, I, I think might... in terms of like highest percentage of episodes that make me crazy, it might actually be season five. Yeah, um, I think I might like season five more than season four. I like season four more, but in just in terms of like the IMDb ratings, I would give each episode and then like average yeah. that out for the season. I think season five would probably end up ranking highest. I see. Yeah. <sighs> like season... it's got the song remains the same right before my bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. and then two episodes yeah. later is Dark Side of the Moon. Like hello. And that's not even touching yeah. on Free to Be You and Me followed by the end. Yeah, it's... I think, for what I watch this show for, which is the characters, um, mm-hmm. season five is my favorite. If I were to watch this show purely for, like, the episodic monster of the week, um, it would be season one, because that's where it's at its, like, purest. Yeah. Um, of, like, if you just want, like, good episodes, no plot like a vague plot but not like a very like a personal plot you know interpersonal stakes which are obviously the best um and like this kind of small scale uh like if i wanted to boil down a monster of the week show into like a singular season season one would be like what you would pick out you would just throw Mm -hmm. all the rest away um yeah season two is still doing monster of the week but it's like more frequently related to the azazel plot yeah um Whereas season Which one it, has the Azazel plot, like, foreshadowing snippets starting to be sprinkled in, but mostly mm-hmm. they're looking for John, but because they can't do anything about that except look for him, they're doing Monster of the Weeks 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, obviously the plot, like, a show needs a plot, so it's not bad that the rest of the show had plot beyond the, like, oh, where's Dad? Because I think if they just, like, kept doing that for season after season, it would have gotten old really quick. Um... <laughs> But I like season one as, like, the season of filler episodes, if yeah. that makes sense. Give uh-huh. us back our filler episodes. The yeah. later seasons, I mean, later I'm talking within f- through five, so, like, mm-hmm. you know, season five 
when it has filler season, filler episodes, it has to like justify having them because the plot is so yeah. high stakes now yeah. that it's like, well, why aren't we you know, fighting the angels whatever. off? And it's like, well, uh, because we're waiting for something to be translated. So I think that's a later season specific example. But yeah, like they have to make it's... up a quick reason why they're doing a case yeah. instead. The specific example that comes to mind is Chris Angel is a douchebag. Yeah, mm-hmm. like shouldn't we be going out and hunting Lilith and Sam's? Like, yeah, I don't know. Chris Angel is a, is a douchebag. Is absolutely like a season one or two episode in season mm-hmm. in season four, and I love mm-hmm. it for that. I love that episode. That episode rules all timer. Um, oh, what a yeah, what I a like... what a chaser to the horrible like disgusting shot that was family remains. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like season one in the same way that I like mid-season three of Avatar The Last Airbender, where they're just kind of vibing. Mm-hmm. I, like I mean, my characters get to vibe. I think particularly at the start of a narrative, if you're going to be a long story, like, you want a slow build-up, right? Like, you want to mm-hmm. ramp, you want to give the characters, like, a while to, like, figure out, like, who they are, what their dynamic is, uh, and in order to do that, you want to, like, keep people coming back with, like, fun ideas each time. And, uh, yeah, I feel like locationally and, like, uh, just in terms of variety, I think season one is the strongest. Like, I'm just thinking about, mm-hmm. like, the places they go and, like, the things they do in, like, seasons four and five. And broadly, like, I think there's more... I think each episode of season one has, like, a specific thing that is mm-hmm. different from all the other ones. Like, yeah. even when they're doing ghosts, like, each time they do ghosts differently. And, like, we talked about how in season two, like, okay, it seems like they're getting tired of ghosts or, like, uh, here are the ghost plot beats again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is also, they're, like, a they're outside. Of the genre, but yeah. it's it's fine. They're outside more often in season yeah. one and maybe season two. Like, all the plot happens inside for, like, seasons mm-hmm. four and five. There are like, a lot of, like, dark in rooms in season four and five. Yeah. Which did give us the cast sync shot in 5-2. Uh, so true. The other thing also, like, it was just thinking back on, like, the thoughts I was having during season one. I, I did, like, mention multiple times being slightly frustrated by the show uh, not having the chance to follow up on things, particularly when, like, a new character would be introduced or whatever um that would always end up like we know how this episode is going to end because we know this has to fall into the framework of uh being a monster of the week show where each episode is a single unit unfortunately the thing is is that continued to be the case in seasons four and five and i think mm-hmm. that's partly why um despite it being have a despite it having a broader thematic cohesion why i was like I don't know, I guess a little bit more disappointed by the show getting more plotty because it felt like it it feels like it's been it feels like it struggles with what it is in terms of like, you know, the the thing that most immediately comes to mind is um the complete lack of any sort of payoff of Sam drinking the demon blood again and having to go back in the cage um and then starting with uh the like the next episode being um uh what's the dead men don't wear plaid yes thank you yeah my bloody valentine and dead men don't wear plaid like that is the most like you could so easily have connected those two episodes mm-hmm. and it drives me nuts that they didn't <laughs> and like there's a lot of like little things like that that just built up toward me being like 
Okay, so they have a plot here, but also they're still doing the, like, split off into groups, like, people writing individual episodes, and then you kind of have to just sort of smoosh them around and, like, write bits that connect them, but, like, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the monster of the week and the plot, like, do not blend together well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, which is why, like, season one... I mean, not that season one didn't also do this, but when season one was doing Monster of the Weeks that directly paralleled their emotional problems, like, you could have a little conversation at the end in their very formulaic pattern Mm -hmm. where they would be like, oh, I didn't know you felt that way about dad, um, which blended it back into the we're looking for dad through line. Um, And I feel like seasons, you know, maybe three through five, we get more recurring characters um, like Jody made a reappearance, but they don't know um, what to do with them. But they exactly, don't... they're very selective about who gets to return. Like random characters just know that the supernatural exists, and that's fine. Um, and like we're never gonna hear from those random monster of the week people again, um, unless they happen to be like, well, this is one of the friends, and then we're just gonna kill them off because we don't know what to do with an ensemble cast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It it really. It, I think the the recurring characters is really when the like the the like lack of cohesion really comes to like the fore because like they had plans for the boys but all these other characters like I don't know we introduced them and kept them around and now we have to figure out what to do with them and the answer is often I don't know just kill them it's easier to not have to think about them anymore yeah and ultimately they want to return to the formula of the two brothers. Yeah. Exactly. Which which I guess does like, like besides like the, you know, um like sociocultural com- weight behind like fridging and other like specific like axes of oppression that killing characters off for white man pain falls along like there is something compelling about like they're always alone. Like that is tragic and isolating and it's part of the hunter lifestyle like inherently. And so like it it does mm-hmm. kind of grapple with that. It's just also kind of like not compelling television to just constantly have your main characters lose everyone that you ever like wrote in. Like, um, spoilers for Stranger Things, but like Stranger Things keeps doing that where they don't want to kill off the main cast, and so they introduce new characters. And as soon as you, they know you're attached to them, then they'll kill them off. Like, yeah. then why would I bother getting attached to your new characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. It's really fun when you can subvert this too, and I I guess the show subverted that with Kaz, but he's like, unkillable, and we love him. Yeah, they literally try so hard to kill him. They haven't really started trying to kill him. Okay, <laughs> he's died like they twice, but they haven't started. So much. Um. Yeah. It. It is. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, did we get? Did we get final? We mostly just talked broadly about the seasons. What are everyone's favorite seasons? Go. Season five. I'm going to stick with four, because I know you're about to say one. <sighs> Man, I think I, I think I have to say season one. Like, it's... I, now I feel like I'm just being nostalgic, but like Ash said season five already. I, it would be season five or one, and like, I'm just thinking about the stuff I've... Ah, there's a lot of stuff in season five I like. Yeah, so like, I think season five is the best, but my favorite yeah. is still four. I'm going to say one. I've already said, like, in terms of aesthetics, it's one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So true. One has the vibes down. Yeah. Like, one... Okay, I, we make fun of Supernatural for being low art and, like, trashy bad TV. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, sure it is, and they don't have much of a budget, especially to start with, and, like, you know, they're not 
trying super hard to write anything very complicated. But like one was not bad television. No. No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like that was the that was the thing that I said when we went in. I was like, "This is good. I'm. This is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm we enjoying this." We said that a lot this. in like seasons one and two. We were yeah. like, "Wait a minute, is Supernatural good actually?" And then it wasn't, but it was at yeah. the time. Yeah. Like they did start off strong. They got renewed mm-hmm. yeah. endlessly. Yeah. And like we complained so. about stuff a lot. Like there's a lot of stuff that they used or did or said that we had problems with. But like. Mm-hmm. that's that's me with everything i watch like yeah like it's bigoted so as hell and like yeah. it's not great but it wasn't like bad writing aside from the bigotry which is a separate yeah. problem from bad writing which is which is culture like mm-hmm. affecting writer like i broadly like i know the like the the politics of the writers of supernatural like this isn't a super conservative show like i know eric kripke's politics i know like i know there's like libertarian leaning but like the libertarian leaning is more about like doing what you want is is more like freedom for like everyone uh and it's like a, a lot of that stuff apologies for my dogs a lot of that stuff is just like people just replicating culture in ways that they're like not super thinking about again i like i said i watched like a bunch of kripke interviews uh and one of the like the things he said was like yeah, when I'm gonna write something or like when I'm thinking about how to structure something, I just go back to like the things I like. Like I rewatch all the old movies I like, or like reread the books or comics that I like, and then I just like do that or like put my own spin on that. But I do it, and like, yeah, dude, that's how you end up like replicating like problematic things that you don't super think about because you're just like watching old stuff and then like continuing it forward. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, you're going to imitate Buffy. That's great. Are you going to also imitate Joss Whedon? Because that's what you're uh-huh. doing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one should want to do that. Yeah. And, like, I think there is a reparative reading to do, which I hope we've, like, been doing, um, mm-hmm. about, like, the show being more of a commentary than a strict replication of, like, libertarian ideology. You know, it, like, it's not like it mm-hmm. goes great for the boys that they're so isolated. Um so like it's it's part incidental and part deliberate and in that deliberation there like there could be undercurrents of like um like genuine belief on the part of the person who's putting them in the situation but it also i feel like there is space to see a, a specific like the way that um setting aside politics for a moment the way that like the winchesters handle john is handled very differently from like between different writers um mm-hmm. which we've talked about to death um, and I think that, like, there are certainly episodes and moments in the show that are deliberately being critical of John and saying, this is a shitty dad. You know, like, we mm-hmm. didn't make that up. We understand mm-hmm. that the show understands, at least some of the time, that John is a shitty dad. And I think the same kind of approach can be taken to, like, the libertarianism, um, where, like, it, yeah, they're stuck in a situation that, <laughs> like, relies on libertarian ideology, but it doesn't mean that they should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And the politics are diabolical in that, like, even when it is condemning their lifestyle, the alternative, like, the the goal yeah. that they strive for and, like, kind of wish that they had instead is still, like, an extremely status quo, like, white, western, heteronormative, etc. Oh, yeah. Like, very specific goal instead. And, like, even the, the concept that they're, like, exploring this like uh, like the the evocation of like westerns and um like this this frontier element like that's all based in like 
pretty bad historical like contingency that's not the word i want like the politics that it is commentating on are separate or at least distinct from the politics that it kind of relies on mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean it, like it's written i mean everything is written within ideology but like things can try you can try to various extents to like be to be as like self-critical as possible when you're writing something and like that's also part of the thing of like i bet if you like sat a lot of these writers down or like gave them like a long time to think about some like think about what they're doing like they could probably say things that are like more interesting and critical like if they had the time to do that but when you're writing a tv show like you are just constantly working like it is the the like amount of content these writers needed to produce like and the amount of like uh structure and um like time crunch etc that they were working within like you're not going to get like s plus tier like cultural critique out of that like you just can't like it's not possible like the so i i understand the like quick and dirty oh we're just gonna replicate these like societal tropes because like we know that that works and we can rely on that exactly like Like, yeah i have picket fence shorthand like it is effective for what the characters are trying for yeah um and there isn't space in this show as it is to like unpick its own framework by actually like meaningfully engaging in criticism of like (laughs) society they're just like okay well the boys live in a society so move on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right now we want to answer another question yeah uh so the next ask we received uh, is from anonymous anonymous says i've been listening to you all for quite some time and i just want to let you guys know i really enjoy your talk your analysis of the show and your commentary now that you've done with the first five seasons only 10 more to go and with the prequel being so close what are your thoughts about john and mary being soulmates if any i i love this um thank you so much anon um so there, there is a part of me that kind of like sickos, ha ha ha, yes, because like the, the part of me that is against a matter and the idea that, that chafes against the idea of soulmates in a romantic sense, um, is it, it's kind of satisfying to see this like, I mean, because for all intents and purposes, they are soulmates. They are made for each other. Um, the, the fact that they were like essentially forced into it, notwithstanding, because like, what are soulmates if not people destined for uh-huh. each other? Um, and the way that it's kind of dystopic uh, in that way of, like, the, they are soulmates, but it's bad. Like, I like that as somebody who chafes against the idea of a man of normative soulmates. It, is it bad? Was that what they were trying to say Ooh, there? get into it. I think they no, I just wanted don't know. Like, that, that feels that like the bad, most... But they kind of didn't pay enough attention to it. They, like, glossed past that really fast. Like, it, it was, like, like, a one-line like, reveal, and they just kind of blink at it and move on. Yeah, it, it feels like the most throwaway, like, line in this one episode to, like, give Dean a thing to react to in the world. Like, what a big thing to just, like, write into the episode. Uh, like, I don't know. Maybe they'll get into it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just, like, I don't know what their goal saying that was. <laughs> yeah, I think in the yeah. context of, like, other things that we understand and have been explored about the winchesters um like dean saying their marriage wasn't perfect until after she died like that's Mm -hmm. something um Mm -hmm. that like 
this narrative of the perfect John and Mary and like John's narrative of this perfect fridged wife. Um, like there are cracks in this story, um, but you still can't get out. And so like the reveal that it literally was the same thing as like, oh, Sam and Dean are the vessels and have been the whole time and they never had an option of avoiding that fate. Um, I think the John and Mary were cupided together is supposed to just like feed into that smoothly enough that they don't really need to dwell on it but it still uh -huh. should have been dwelled on like i think that was a poor yeah. decision on their part they should have leaned into that yeah they didn't they didn't they didn't seem to acknowledge like i don't know if it was necessarily like just played for laughs of like haha the old ball and chain or whatever um but it definitely is not given the attention that it should have because mm -hmm. that has fucking insane implications as we've already said. And you could do like an interesting story about two people that are in like a horrible toxic codependent relationship and like can't leave each other because literally a Cupid forced them to like feel that way about each other and there is no escape or freedom. That sounds like mm -hmm. horrible in a way that could be interesting, but like I don't think they're going to tell that story. I, I mean, well, I also, it's, we, it's almost similar to what they're doing on What We Do in the Shadows. Um, I gotta watch that show. I won't, I won't go into detail because it's season four spoilers and season four is still coming out. But um, yeah, like they're doing something similar about like being made into a person who is perfect for another person and what that says about like the inherentness of self and like at what point are you a different person? Mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. What We Do in the Shadows is not exploring as like deeply as i am thinking about it really because it's a comedy but mm -hmm. um like it has the same like this could be a horror show vibes that's mm -hmm. cool so i i doubt the i think specifically talking about the prequel i think it will suck <laughs> yeah because it will totally I... like not take it in a direction that will be fun yeah i mean you, uh, i've accepted that so we've already Look forward to next week where we watch the trailer for the prequel and talk about it. You'll get some more of our thoughts on the prequel then. Um, yeah. But we we we'll we'll talk. We talk next week. This is weird to talk about because of the way we recorded things out of order. But um, we'll talk next week about the the prequels. Thoughts about the prequels adherence to canon. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think this is gonna come up at all. They're not gonna care about a line that was said like what like almost ten years ago. Yeah, agree. Wait, no, over ten years ago. Jeez. Yeah, yeah so, it's like, been three years. <laughs> a, a throwaway line in one episode of a like thirteen year old like TV show episode. Like yeah, it's not gonna be in the show, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like the only way that they could pull it off at this point is if all of the promotional material for the Winchester has been lying and when you actually watch the show it is a horror movie, but it won't be. That'd be great. Yeah, I don't have that much faith in Jensen Ackles. <laughs> Who's who's making the Winchesters? Isn't Jackals the like showrunner? Right, but like who's directing and writing? Like who are the developed by Robbie Thompson, Jensen Ackles, and Danielle Ackles? Um, yeah, Jensen is producer. executive producer. Um, no, sorry, those three people you just listed are the executive producers. Yeah. Um, they don't have a. Do they not have like writers or directors <laughs> figured out yet? The pilot was directed by Glenn Winter. That's all we have. Okay. Oh, the Wikipedia page under the production sidebar says executive producers are those three people, Glenn Winter and David H. Goodman. Um, I don't know who those people are, though. And the Let's production see. companies is um, Warner Brothers, CBS, and like Chaos Machine, which I think is Jackal's company. Yeah. Um, 
David H. Goodman uh, became a script coordinator for the sci-fi television series The Visitor. The series was canceled after its first no, season. No, worked on Goodman Buffy. became script coordinator for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then, let's see, Glenn Winter. Fringe, Once Upon a Time. Um, Glenn Winter. Glenn Winter's a big CW guy. Arrow, The Flash, yeah. Smallville, Legends of Tomorrow. Fascinating. Yeah, so the only, like, through line of people who worked on Supernatural is <laughs> Jensen Ackles. Yeah. And then like, there's no was other... also involved at some point. I know she has a role in Supernatural. I don't know if she was ever, like, writing for it mm, or okay. producing. I don't think so. I think she just played a character. But okay. no, no, like, Supernatural, like, writers, producers, like, script coordinators, etc. are, like, seem to be coming back to this. Yeah, no, this is all Jensen Ackles. Yeah, this is, so, so yeah, they're not going to care. No, it's, it'll be interesting. I have heard that Daniela is a cast girl, so we'll see. I want cast so bad. I need more cast. I don't. <laughs> Mood. I won't watch the show legitimately if they put casts in it, but it would make me watch it. I mean, we're more watching the show. We're more making willingly. You, you didn't show. let me finish my <laughs> sentence. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, look forward to that, I guess. Yep. Um, I think those are all the questions okay. people wrote in, right? We just have our own questions for each other. Yep. Um, so my first question is, do we have any favorite sets from the first five seasons? What does that mean? Oh, you know, sets like backgrounds. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I like it when Wyatt tells us that he's been to places. That's fun. always fun. <laughs> yeah, my favorite my favorite set is uh, when they went the to entire Steve- Vancouver. <laughs> so when they went to Steveston in that one episode, and I was like, "Hey, that's the that's the that's the place where I like to eat lunch sometimes." Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I have an actual answer. I just need to think about this. Scrolling through the episodes. I mean, I like whenever the uh, Riverview Mental Hospital shows up in the show. Yeah, uh, I believe it showed up in Asylum and then also in Folsom Prison. It's it's in the show like five or six times. Oh my god, really? Yeah, no, they keep coming Insane. back to it. Yeah, it's because it's a very iconic building that you can use for like a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, they use it for just some like interior shots sometimes. Yeah, it's very fun whenever that comes back up. Um, Love that. As far as sets they built. Oh, here's a. We should ask. Okay, let's. I think. Okay. Let's answer this, and then I have a follow-up question, which is, what's our favorite motel set that they built? Because <laughs> cause I excellent. think there's a list, if I remember, I think there's, like, a bunch of pictures, and I'm going to try to f- pull those. I'm going to try to find those in the background here. Um, so, yeah, my, my, my answer is the Riverview Mental Hospital. Um, I also, um, I do not have, like, memory for locations and sets, so I don't even know if I'm going to have a favorite motel, but... Um, I liked when they said that That's it was the Cleveland Botanical list. Gardens, and then it wasn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, fair. Um, that was a good, favorite... like, filming location, though. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh... It was it was a pretty pretty location. Um, my favorite set that they built is the Beautiful Room. Yeah, it's good. Um... I, I love it, especially um, in that, in the episode where Dean is in it for the first time. I can't remember what episode that is, because it's just, it's horror- it's so good. I love it when Zach sits in front of the infinite mirror. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now we're waiting for Wyatt. Yeah, hold on. Okay, so... Oh, you know what? I don't even need the list. I know what my favorite motel set is, and it's the Changing Channels one that has, like, the really vivid wallpaper. And then, oh, like, yeah, in the that's real fair. world, it's so fair. Yeah, yeah that, was, uh-huh. yeah, that was good. I don't know what episode it is, but there's the one where the... It's, like, a disco-themed one. Yes. And the partition is a bunch of 
uh, silhouettes. I was also thinking of that one. I found seasons one and three. Uh, Let me... <laughs> two. Here's season two. They have oh, ones I found for a pretty one, but it's from season 15. Yeah, okay. Shout out to the Super Wiki. In Something Wicked, uh, there's a bowling-themed partition. Oh my god. Forgot about the tiger uh, painting in our picture in Lazarus Rising. So in Providence, there's a disco theme, but it doesn't have the partition I was thinking of. It's just like black and white checkers. Let me see. <laughs> uh, there's a good joke in the Super Wiki for... Um... Uh, when the levee breaks, Sam gets to enjoy the accommodation delights that Bobby's panic room has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one with a beer-themed partition. So good. It's just got beer bottles. Oh my god, there's a picture of when Dean poked his head out of the shower with his little towel hat. I love his little towel hat. Uh, I mean, that wasn't a in a hotel. He was, like, squatting in a building, in a house. But... It might be House of Holy. I just love the funny partitions. Yeah, the designers have fun with those, you know? You can tell it's cute. Yeah, there's a mm -hmm. there's a um there's a picture uh Ah, here it is. of a room with just a bunch of the dividers including the the sexy lady silhouettes that you're talking about. Yep. Don't know what episode that's from. Remember the one that had like but that Yeah, there's like a um this is in playthings, the one that had just like a wedding dress draped like a ghost. Yes, um uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, like, spooky old... I mean, that's one of my favorite locations, um, is the spooky old, uh, hotel in Playthings. So yeah, that's one of my like, tell. that's a classic haunted house. Yeah, oh. that's like a, that's like a heritage building in Vancouver. Tolk House Rosemary. Yeah, I don't know what episode the, um, the sexy silhouettes are from. Might be... I said yeah. it already, but I don't remember now, but... People probably know I'm what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, hmm. can we move on from this question though? Because we have <laughs> only some time. Oh, yeah, we have about a, an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I think my mine's the um oh mine's the one with the tiger on the wall. Sure, why not? The one <laughs> that, where Sam and Ruby were holding up. Yeah, that one is very funny. It is very funny. Uh. Sam's in his douchey shirt. Yeah. Um. Do we have a favorite monster? Who's your favorite monster? And it can be a specific one, like this ghost from this episode, or mm -hmm. in general, like the whole concept of the monster. Racist track. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's my favorite to say. It's so dumb. It's the funniest monster. Um, I have an answer to the opposite question, where I think my like least favorite execution of monster is demons just because like they downgraded yeah. them so fast yeah they dropped yeah. half the lore they introduced in their first episode which like fair but it does make it Chris, lose points Christo. um they never use it again ever it's so frustrating um like demons should have been cool but then they just kind of like overloaded yeah. me on demons i think like season three was like every Man. single episode they had to kill demons and it was like all right remember when there were vampires and werewolves in the show Okay, I do like vampires. I know we haven't seen much of them to this point, so this yeah. is a little bit cheating, but I really like the season six vampire episode and, of course, season eight. Um, and so, I mean, really like yeah. is complicated. We'll get to it when we get to it. But <laughs> there's a lot there that's, like, tasty. Um, and, like, conceptually, mm -hmm. vampires are always fun. 
um, I know there are definitely some like suits and costumes and makeup that I've said is rad, but my favorite monster is uh, the changeling from monster movies. That guy ruled. That's valid. That wasn't a changeling. That was a shapeshifter. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Shapeshifter. That's what I meant. Mm -hmm. No, changelings are something else. Changelings are not my favorite monster. Have we even had a werewolf yet? I cannot remember. I think we did once. Yeah. How could you do I, Sarah dirty you, like I'm that? I'm so sorry. Her name is Madison, so check yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she looks like a Sarah. I don't know. You're thinking of Sarah Blake, who we were talking about before, because she's Sam's in Providence love interest. Yep. 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 How did could you do Madison dirty like this? Uh, the Davis were also pretty cool, not in terms of like. You know, bad, ex bad, uh, not execution. Cool execution, though, like, shadow monsters were, were sick. Uh, I like the big claw hands that reach for people. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like that episode was filmed really creatively. Um, but, you know, that's not what Davids are. Yeah. Which we I also like the, the special effects for shapeshifters, the skin gook. Yeah. Yep. That's good. And the eye flash. Um... <laughs> the horrible cloud <laughs> <laughs> season two. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, oh, I can't believe they did the Rakshasa dirty like that. I know. Oh, it's so good. Um, I think my favorite, like, my favorite specific execution of a monster is probably Roadkill. Mm. Mm. I love the, the just the, the way that episode. Good, yeah. Yeah. Ghosts are so, like, manifold in that way. You can just do anything with them. I also, I don't know, I mean, this doesn't really count as a monster per se, but I really like Death, the horseman. He's yeah. so fucking mm -hmm. cool. He's so cool. He's so cool. Um, I also like, I, I, I think my favorite specific monster is Hellhounds. Mm. At least until season eight. Yeah, early season. I love your favorite monsters, cool. but that we can't see. Well, that's why they're so yeah. cool. Yeah. You said the Devas. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, but we can see them. They're still sh they're shadows on the wall. Like I like. Okay, the you can see the the. No, yeah, I think the way. The no, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Butthead. <laughs> um. No, it's just it says something funny about the show. Yeah. 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 I mean, for for like physicality, I I'm I liked uh, the Scarecrow and uh, Hookman, but like they're not my favorite like conceptually. Yeah, they looked cool. They had cool vibes. And for physicality, also my favorite continues to be the Bela Lugosi, the 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 the, vamp, the vampire Dracula. Uh, yes. Shapeshifter. My best God, friend in the world. Yeah, that it's so good. It's such a good episode. That's like season four has some all timers, even though none of us. It's none of our favorites. Hey, like, it was season four was my favorite. Oh right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you <sighs> also rude. went with. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah, Monster Movie was a Ben Edlin, so. Yeah, any episode by Ben Edlin. Mwah. Not any. Um, we don't have to answer. Was, like, a little oh, bit. right. No, sorry. Stop. I was. Mm. Yeah. I'm I, sorry. Season three was what I was thinking of that has no favor. Yeah, Monster Movie was season four, mm -hmm. which I said, but like. Yeah, you got it. Season three also has some all timers is my point. Um, it's true. Bad Day at Black Rock. Um. My next question is favorite episode or arc, but we don't have to answer that one if we're feeling crunched on time. Um, do we have any? What was? Emma says, if the show had ended here, would who would be the best character or your favorite? Which are separate questions. I mean, like they're very similar, but they could have separate answers. Uh, let's come back to favorite episode. That's a that's a I. 
what I was going to suggest is, like, what's our favorite episode from each season? Because that's a fun, like, we could do, like, a draft there. That makes sense. Kind of. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Worst episode. And yeah, I don't know if we need situation. to talk about arcs. I feel like we talked about arcs so much already. Yeah, it's true. Because, uh, yeah, my favorite's just, like, the arc that the show did. Like, all the family stuff of the themes that I talked mm-hmm. about already. Mm-hmm. Um, the arc where there was an arc. <laughs> if you would end it here, who would be the best character? Castiel, no. Um, yes, unironically. Yeah, Cassia. no, for real. Cass would be I the don't... best character, but Dean would still be my favorite if there I don't... was only season four and five of Cass. I don't know if that's, that's true, because I'm kind of disappointed where things ended up with Cass. It's just like a yeah, reset. Right. If, if, I think... I think I would agree if we had ended with Cass still as a human and needing to figure out, like, what to do with that. I feel like that would really work for the themes overall of, like, becoming your own person separate <laughs> from the systems that, like, make you. Stop laughing like a gremlin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just glad that there's something to keep you sticking around. Sure, sure, sure. I just mean, like, for for the Cass ending extremely felt like pivoting. Because they know that they're going to continue doing the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would have really crazy. liked it if he was... Like, it. what if instead of getting exploded by uh, Lucifer, he just got, like, completely depowered and, like, thrown aside or whatever? Because, well, I don't know, Michael... Lucifer didn't want to kill a fellow... Oh, oh right, right, it was Michael, it was Michael. It was now Michael. I can't even well... remember. No, it was Lucifer because... No, it was Lucifer, yeah, Molotov cast just Molotov, Michael. Michael, thank you. Okay, okay. That's that was good. my bad. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's like because he didn't want to—I don't know—kill a fellow angel or whatever. That could have been fun because then, because then Cass would have been like, I don't know what I'm gonna do instead of being like, yeah, I'm the new cop in heaven. Yeah, which I guess I, is I kind of neat, a... despite the fact that uh, you know the sheriff thing is cute in terms of his connection mm-hmm. to Dean or whatever. He's still like, I'm gonna go back to heaven and be in charge. I'm gonna be like a cop to the rest of the angels, and I'm like, eh, okay. Honestly, I think if they hadn't been renewed, you know, if they really had just ended here and, like, known that they really were ending, um, I don't think they would have brought Cass back at all. Like, they would have yeah, exploded I think they him and left him yeah. exploded. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and then nobody would bring back Bobby, and we end with Dean all by himself yeah. for real. Which I think could have also have been good, but... Would have slept. I would have um... cried. Um... I mean, I did cry, but I would have cried more. <sighs> And it's the same deal with Crowley. Is my affection for Crowley is entirely because uh-huh. of late seasons. I mean, I love Crowley from what we've got so yeah, far. Yeah, he's got incredible vibes, but his 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 story yeah. doesn't really go anywhere in um, seasons one through five. I mean, it's Dean, right? Like the answer is Dean. <laughs> exactly, because Dean gets the most he's narrative attention. Boy. He's yeah. the most fleshed out and developed, and the one that the narrative loves kicking over and over and over. Um, and like. I love you, Sam. I, like I do, like, genuinely think that, especially early season Sam has, like, or, like, season seven Sam makes me really care about Sam. Mm. Um, like, there, there is something, like, so compelling about Sam and Sam's arc and, like, his dynamic yeah. with other characters, but the narrative doesn't, like, the, the lens of the camera isn't looking at him as much because, like, it's Jared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Jensen Ackles' pheromones got the camera. <laughs> so true. Um, besides the obvious answer, I think Gabriel would probably be my favorite character. And yeah. you've got, like, a whole arc. Yeah, no, Gabriel's my favorite character. Mm, call. You know who I'm going to say? So Bobby. So yeah, that's fair. Bobby's great. Eliminating the main three. Bobby is like, I need him to hug me so bad. <laughs> uh-huh. Bobby's my dad. Boogie, boogie, boogie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, Gabriel. Gabriel rocks. Um, what is our least favorite? Big Gabriel episode? head. 
Let's do, let's do, let's, let's Basically. do everything else. I feel like, um, because if we run out of time, it's fine. But I, oh, let's do, do, like, the best let's and worst do best episode. and worst episodes of each season at the end. I think that's a fun cool. way to end. Works for me. Got it. Um, okay. Are we skipping down to Hunter Sona? Which means, I yes, think... it's Hunter Sona time. What's your Hunter Sonas? What is my Hunter Sona? This is Sona my like? question. I want to know if if you were a hunter. Okay, what, well, first of, of all, I would simply be? not be a hunter. I would have yeah, to but be if a you different had person to be a altogether. Hunter. Exactly. I'm trying to Descri- like take the premise seriously, but like Why I cannot physically imagine being OC. a yeah. hunter. But if something horribly supernatural happens to somebody close to me or whatever... And I yeah. was dragged into the hunter Nate's lifestyle. Gets burned on the ceiling. Don't say that. Then, <laughs> um, don't manifest that. Shit. I think. I mean, you don't know who Claire is, Wyatt, but I think I would try to be friends with Claire's crew. Um, and they mm. would turn me down because I am not cool enough for them. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. What would you like? God. What would you like specialize in, Emma? Do you think? Like, I know, it, it, like seeking out another group of people to be with, like makes perfect sense. But like, if you had to be a hunter alone, like, what would your, hmm. like, would there? Would you have a beat? Do you think? Okay, you know what? I'd probably focus on ghosts because they seem like the simplest hunts. They do. Like, it's they literally just like easy. salt and iron. You just salt and burn the body. Like that's pretty much like eighty percent of ghosts done. Um, <laughs> like literally, just make a salt circle. Get a salt hula hoop. Get some like holy water spray gun if you run into something mm-hmm. that isn't a ghost. Like it's fine if you're not stupid. Like you could literally just like you're not afraid to not look cool. Exactly. And I think the guns. Like come on, guys. It's a ghost. You're shooting through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... You're gonna shoot each other, mm-hmm. you stupid fox. Anyway, anyway, I think. This isn't going to make sense to anyone but Emma and the rest of the audience, so it won't make sense to Wyatt, but <laughs> I think if I were to be a hunter, I would probably, if they hadn't been by um, I would probably be a man of letters. Mm. Um, just because, like, the Oh, you know what? I'm changing my side. answer. I would be the, like, the midpoint between Sam and Bobby, where, like, my role is to be the community librarian. Uh huh. We're like, I so get to true. like dig through archives to find lore s- to help them. That way, I don't have okay. to go out in the field, and I'm still helping can, save lives. I could pivot my answer because that's kind of where I was going to. Oh, we can teamwork. We could be, yeah, we could be. I mean, that's the thing. All of us would, would have like we got to work together, right? Like we've talked about all the time about hunters. <laughs> what would be your role in the hunter yeah. commune? Uh huh. Exactly. Also, we're all gay and on the same wavelength, so like we would mm-hmm. all we're all pretty similar in that regard. We might get tricked by, like, a hot vampire or something, though. I think if a siren gets me, that's my bad. They caught me slipping. <laughs> I am not immune to gay vampires. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Neither is Dean and neither is Cass. Ash, I, can you talk a little bit... Uh, can you talk around the Men of Letters? Like, what would your vibe be? Like, you mentioned intellectualism. Like, would you research yeah, monsters? Um, yeah. More um, structured probably less libertarian mm, okay more of like establishing a network of connections um and having like a standard and like working together um this makes me excited about the men of letters <laughs> i'm probably gonna be disappointed Sorry. don't say anything else yeah i know it's just like um of like and and also like having uh an interest in like the research and the uh xeno xenopology cryptopology 
don't sure. know. Um, the like the the socioscience of um, the hunting world mm-hmm. and things like that. So like less big guns and beer and more um, reading and this is gonna sound really like pretentious, but like more sophisticated, uh-huh. <laughs> more more structured. Um, I would fall deep down the dark magic hole. I'd be a witch. Hell yeah. Fuck, you're probably, I probably would too. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna like, I'm switching uh, the my like, th- hunting through dusty tomes angle here. I'm gonna find the most like, cursed, like, old book or artifacts and be like, hmm, I wonder if I can use this to my advantage. Just fall, like, I'm probably gonna, you guys are probably gonna have to kill me. I'm gonna like, discover <laughs> some kind of horrible spell that like, I'm like, oh, this will solve all the problems. No, I don't think, like, I'm actually that stupid, but I do feel like I would extremely be the sort of person in this narrative that would be like, oh, I can be helpful with this. Like, oh, I can figure out how to do this spell, and, like, my friends will be okay. And, like, I don't know, it'll turn, it'll corrupt me, it'll turn me into some sort of abomination that you guys will have to kill tearfully. You're gonna be Ori. <laughs> yes. I think I would be the guy who's like, it would occur to me once that I could summon a demon to fix a problem, and I'd be like, I'm not going to do it. And then it would just be like in the back of my mind forever until I did it. Uh Uh-huh. And then you just don't stop. I mean, I already sold my soul. What are they going to do? Buy it again? (laughs) But then you just, you you develop a relationship, a working relationship with this devil. All right. Yep. (laughs) Uh, join us for our join minutes. us for our uh, supernatural monster of the week fan fiction <laughs> tabletop game. <laughs> I'm literally going to draw our hunter sonas. Good, thank on. you. We could play City of Mist. Like it would be really easy. I don't want to ever play City of Mist again. <laughs> That's fair. It's a complex game. Uh, or I guess you could I have, just play Monster of the Week. I have structural problems with that game. We don't need to get into it. Follow yeah, me on co-host for my PBTA tabletop monster for my t- well. That that's a PBTA game. That's part of my. It doesn't matter. It's fine. That game's trying to push the boundaries of that system too much in a way that does not work because it makes every roll, like, take way too long to do. Um, and it's just constantly, like, we can't do this. Um, okay, what, 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 what least favorite? Mo- okay, season one, best episode, worst episode. Go. Um, let me go to season one. Let's see. Okay, worst episode, like, you have one, two, which is just, like, appropriation and then you have route 666 which is just like after school Uh special level of like critical race theory (laughs) um so like those are those are bad for like extremely racist reasons um bugs is bad because it's dumb Uh Mm uh-huh so the thing for me is like for for i want to say wasn't wasn't bugs also like because it was on like indigenous yes, burial yes. ground it was like it's inescapable native american curse yes yeah if i set if i set like which of course this is my uh this is something i can do out of privilege because i'm white but like if i if i set the like i don't want to say political ramifications but if i set like the races uh-huh. on the side at the end of the day when to go and route 666 are still entertaining yes. episodes to me even if route 666 is just camp and when to go is a, ho- a good horror story I don't find Bugs as interesting. Bugs is as bad. Yeah, I, I, I assumed that we're, we're all just going to pick Bugs and move on from worst episode. Yeah. Best episode is Skin, obviously. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm, Skin or Faith. But also something wicked. Okay, I feel I like Faith, Faith works best in hindsight. 
Like, if it weren't mm-hmm. for seasons four and five, then Faith would be, know, like, Faith a rules. middling episode. It, Faith it is, is good. So good. It's though. very cool. But, like, a lot of it is just, like, because we know the arc that's going to come. Right, you know? but I didn't. And just I still loved season, it. That's true. Is my point. Exactly. Like, it's it's yeah. still a good episode. But I think most of why I like it is for future. It's my favorite season one episode from my, yeah, one through five uh, past stuff. Um, um. <laughs> Faith is also... Uh, my favorite in terms of the uh, Don't Fear the Reaper drama that happened around it. <laughs> Remember when season one had the music? Uh. I can't believe that they didn't actually play Mary by the Ghost Riders in 1-6 Skin. Like, I feel like that's a transphobic microaggression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the song that they actually put in isn't even that good. Mary is better. Anyway. Season two. Wait, did we come down on favorites? I'm going to stick on something wicked. I said my favorite. Okay. Mine is Faith. Uh, mine's a, mine's either Faith, Faith or Hell House. Hell House is really Hell House good. is really fun, but I'm going to go with Faith because it truly has the all-time needle drop. It is so good. Um. Okay, season, season two. Season two. Uh, there's so many good episodes in this yeah, there's Oh not, my god, Hollywood Babylon, though. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay, no, worst episode first. It's Everyone Loves a Clown, <laughs> right? We can all agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what like besides that there was a clown that was the carnival. Uh, there was a lot of ableism in that episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, they yeah. did the rakshasa super bad. dirty. What happened in Bloodlust? That's a Sarah Gamble episode. What happened? In that Blood was Lust? vampires. I, I think that was Gordon's that was, introduction. That was Gordon's introduction. Oh, right. Stop saying things at the same time as me. <laughs> um, Houses of the Holy though. That's a really good episode. I know. I thought about it again. That's the one that has like that's Michael, right? Yeah, but. Yeah. Again, like that—that that was an accident. That's not because the episode is good. It's just an yeah. accident. I mean, I thought that was a good episode. Like, it's good, especially yeah. because like it's consistent with Faith because they're both Sarah Gamble. Yeah. Um, which mm-hmm. is good. We talked about that. Hmm. Also, Night Shifter was fun. That has um Ronald. Yeah. Night Shifter was great. Yeah. So I, I like Night Shifter. Season two also has a lot of good episodes, even though it was none of our favorites. I think I think uh what is and what should never be is my favorite season two episode. Mm-hmm. I considered mm. it. I'm sticking with Hollywood Babylon because Dean and his little headset is so happy. Mm-hmm. I do mm. love Hollywood Babylon. Mm. I'm just like reminding myself of uh, some of these episodes where I don't super remember. Oh, wait. It's oh, mine's Tall Tales. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's a based in Gabriel Pilled person. <laughs> All right, season three. Let's see. I think. Oh, uh, let's see. Worst. Least favorite. Hmm. Weirdly, despite being cut off early due to the writer's strike and like having structural issues, not a lot of like genuinely terrible episodes in mm-hmm. season three. Is Fresh Blood the one that like killed Gordon? Uh, like that was the last Gordon episode, I think. Probably. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that might be it. Sin City was like boring. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Fresh Blood is the one that Gordon turns into a vampire. Yeah. Um, which is Sin to say City Sarah was Gamble fun though him. because it had like demon culture. Yeah. They That's had true. Little, I like it for they that. had Dean and a demon trapped in a basement. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Oh wait. Bad day at Blackrock was fun. Am I thinking of a different? and Bella was the one with like Lilith is coming and they're like stuck in a facility with Victor. In the in the yeah. Wait, am I thinking of I might be thinking of sex and violence. Sex and Violence is the Siren episode. Oh, okay. No, I am thinking of Sin City. That's true. It does have... Right. No, it's just the first half of Sin City that's boring. I forgot that that also happened in that episode. 
I think my least favorite episode of season three is the kids are all right. Um, Wait, is that the one with Ben? Lisa and, and Ben. Lisa. Yeah, that's, I, that's the what, I like episode. that about it. I just. It's hard because it's like it's cut between like the kids are all right. That is the change. Um, dream a little dream of me and bedtime stories. I think we're overlooking the Magnificent Seven here. That was such See, a like, the Magnificent like Seven pathetic execution. Exactly. That's my point. It's not good. That's true. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And that was the one that had like Isaac and Tamara also. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no never see Tamara the worst again. Season three Isaac episode. gets brutally no, yeah. murdered. Like that was yeah. bad. Yeah, no, season, like, Fresh Blood, yeah, I, I like, that. I hate that episode. We got a lot out of it. Like, we talked about it a lot. Yeah, and at least it was good like, for Sam. Like, Magnificent Seven was good for no one. Magnificent Seven is, like, yeah. the most disappointing episode, for Yeah, sure. it was disappointing. Like, I like the vibes. I like the, the, the Seven Deadly There was Sands, that one was just... guy who was cool. Yeah, I don't remember good. which sin it was, but I remember us being like, oh, I like this guy. Pride, I think. It's probably pride. Yeah, probably pride. Yeah, that make that would make sense. Who did it better, Supernatural or Full Metal, full Metal Alchemist? Alchemist? Full Metal Alchemist. The answer is, of course, Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> I, I, I said somewhere. Um. Oh yeah, it was the ter. We were talking about. I was talking about the terrible. Um. Uh, Dragon's Dogma TV show with a friend, where each episode is oh, themed God. after one of the Seven Deadly Sins, and I said like. We should just retire the Seven Deadly Sins as a narrative device. Fullmetal Alchemist did it best, and no one will ever do it better. We should just stop using it. So true. I could not get through a singular episode of that because the animation was it's so It's so bad. Dead. Everything about that show is trash. Yeah. Okay, uh, best anyway. episode. And it was just so, it just gave off, like, the most skeezy oh, vibes. Yeah. I was like, this is worse than Castlevania, which is impressive, because Castlevania is pretty fucking, it's a good show, but there's some skeevy bits yeah. in there. All right. Season three is uncomfortable. So we got a new ask. So we'll, oh, we'll nice. get into this and then I'll bring it in. Okay. So worst episode, nice Magnificent emoji. Seven. Yeah. Favorite episode, Mystery Spot. I knew you were going to say that. I'm going to yeah. stick with uh, Dream a Little Dream of Me. Oh, wait, but it's got a very supernatural Christmas. No, I refuse to let a Christmas episode be my top. But we talked about how good of a Christmas episode that it was. It was a very good for a Christmas episode, but I'm still not yeah, choosing no, it with my top. Fair. That's fair. Well, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, is it Mystery Spot or Ghost Facers? It's Ghost Facers. I'm picking Ghost Facers because the, the framing device around that is so much fun. That's true. It gave like, us the I entire love, Ghost Facer effect. I love whenever mm. um, characters are looked at through a different point of view. Like everything about with the Winchesters in that episode is really fun. Yeah, so, it was Mystery it was a really rules, good one. But... That's one that one's Ghostbusters is really close to my top spot. But yeah. Dream a Little Dream mm -hmm. of Me has Dean yelling, "My father was an obsessed bastard. I didn't deserve what he put on me, and I don't deserve to Dream go to hell." Yeah. No, it yeah, that's a God, good episode. Yeah, so true. Okay, season four. Uh huh. Um. Yellow Fever is the worst episode. Yeah, easy, <laughs> so bad. Easy. Uh, best episode: Lazarus Rising. It is. Hold on, we have so many options though. If not for Lazarus Rising, which is the best, like objectively speaking, um, Chris Angel is a douchebag is a fun episode. That one was fun. Um, sex and violence. On the head of a pin, of course. Homoerotic. It's a terrible hell. life, of course. Yeah. On the head of a pin. I forgot. On the head of a pin is this season. Oh, okay. I don't want us all to say on Lazarus Rising. I'll stick with the head of a pin. Monster at the end. Of the this monster book. at the end of this book is fun because it introduces Chuck. Yeah. It's got, and monster, it's got monster movie, movie for Season you four like. is really strong. Season four has it all. They can do everything. But Lazarus Rising gives me the 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 mm -hmm. the, 
the opposite of the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of like a Victorian word for like illness. The morbs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that in a post. Oh heavens! World. I got a case of the morbs. <laughs> um. On the on the head the of on the head of a pin is the one where Anna goes like there's me at the end right yeah yeah, yeah. on the head of a pin yeah that's the that's my favorite episode it's always like I love Chris Angel's so a douchebag and monster movie but like uh I, on the head of a pin retroactively is less of a favorite episode for me due to what happens with Anna because the show does yeah. not know what to do with its recurring characters but mm -hmm. as yeah. a as a as a single forty minute piece of fiction that episode owns. That's yeah, so cool. the, I can't wait for you to watch the, season six, Wyatt. Uh huh. The torture scene with um, uh, Alistair. What is his name? Alistair is what what drops it below Lazarus Rising. There's not a moment in Lazarus Rising that I'm like, okay, let's go. But yeah. in On the Head of a Pin, the torture scene is the only reason I enjoy that scene is because I love Alistair as a villain. And there's the drama around it with Dean, but yeah, I mean Lazarus Rising is really yeah. good. This show, okay, again, talking about uh, Kripke's structuralism a little bit, uh, Lazarus Rising and Lucifer Rising, like, all-time parallel episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And they, so good. the show, like, I'll, I'll give season four one thing, despite the little stuff all being really disappointing, it ends with two, it begins with one of the strongest images in the show and ends with one of the strongest images in the show. Like, uh -huh. Dean waking up from the grave to, like, that the blasted, like, ring surrounding him, uh, and the show ending mwah. with, like, the horrible, like, blood portal, like, jagged, like, horrible, like, just so nightmare good. image. Real good. So Re like, good. some so of the best, like, aesthetics the show has ever it's had. It's got great This is what I'm talking about. So season good. four is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, season four rocks. All right, season five. Uh, Okay, worst episode. Worst episode. Swap meet. Um, what happened in swap meet? Swap oh, was the right. Body swap. Switch bodies. Oh, I didn't mind that one so much. It wasn't terrible. I just don't think it was good, and I yeah. saw it in the list. Yeah. What was I believe the children are our future about? The Antichrist. That one was fun. That was just the Good Omens uh -huh. ripoff. Yeah, that's it's just like, Good it Omens. It was fine. Yeah. It just wasn't like. Yeah. New. <laughs> um, Let's see. Curious case of Dean Winchester is good. What happened in Abandon All Hope? Plot, I think. <laughs> hmm. Doesn't have a link. I know I have to like type. The pro the nice thing is yeah. that I've already opened all these fandom pages, so I just get to start typing in and it pulls it up. Yeah, they're like they're going for the hunt, the cults with Lucifer. Um, right. Oh, is this the one? That's the oh, one. <laughs> is is abandoned all hope the worst episode? No, it's just very. I plotty. mean, we meet Crowley. This is the one that has got him. <laughs> We I just I'm Live so Castiel mad at reaction. No, we talked. Ben Emplin did a good job with what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is the one that blew mm. up Joe and Ellen. My yeah. My worst episode might be Sam interrupted. Yeah, I feel like it's not impressive. You know. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Like, it's just you know. We talk. We we don't need to relitigate all the stuff we talked about for these episodes. I'm just like, honestly, so thing for season five. Didn't really have any like garbage episodes. Terrible the way, stinkers. yeah. Like it's seasons okay. one to four, we all could pick out the worst one. Like, well, seasons season four a little bit less so, but one to three all had the obvious bad episodes. Season four and five like didn't mm -hmm. really. So yeah, they're like solidly mediocre at worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. 
You know what? Mine, mine's actually, it's not Sam Interrupted, it's Hammer of the Gods. An episode, like, yeah. that could have been so good and just wasn't. Yeah, like, yeah. As far as, like, most disappointing, I think Hammer yeah. of the Gods takes the cake. Um, like, it's not even bad, it's just, like, deeply, like, disappointing and, like, doesn't go anywhere, even if there's interesting stuff in it. Like, I like that it exists mm -hmm. and that we talked about it, but it's my worst episode, I think. Like, imagine if they had mm -hmm. extended the, like other gods as a threat concept or at least like other gods as um the enemy of my enemy you know mm -hmm. like they also want to stop lucifer but they they want to stop lucifer so they can destroy the world themselves like that could have been so tasty as like a further season mm -hmm. thing you know like drag that out um instead mm -hmm. of just like well we acknowledge that other religions exist check that off yeah my favorite episode is caught between are we, wait, are we uh, changing channels and swans. On worst episode, or did I, you guys have other worst episodes? I would agree with Hammer of the yeah, Gods, either that. that or like All right. Swap Me or Ninety Nine Problems. Yeah, I think Ninety Nine Problems was also but, just like lame. You know, like there's nothing in it that like interests yeah. me. But I think Hammer of the Gods is the most disappointing, as in has the great aesthetics, the great concept, and just did not follow through. Mm -hmm. Is your still Swap Me number? Are you? Are we all? No, I'm. I'm you? sticking with Hammer of the Gods with the rest okay. of us. Okay. Also, because I think it's funny that, like, so frequently our bad episodes are Andrew Dab. Yeah. So glad That's he gets true. to run the show. Well, not so. so he's all, It's only because he only started in season four, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, like but two of our bad episodes. Listen, I was thinking about saying Family Remains, but. I think that episode is at least written in a way that's kind of interesting for a horror movie, even yeah. if the twist is terrible. Yellow Fever just doesn't make any sense and is bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, what's the best of season five? Mine's stuck between Changing Channels and Swan Song. Changing Channels is like, really Changing good. Changing Channels is iconic and so much fun, but Swan Song makes me insane. I think Point of No Return makes me insane, but the end is like pride of place the end is for changing so the, the world forever. Change the timeline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody liked that episode so much they wrote a million words in that universe. Yeah. And it's, it's a, a work it's... in progress. Like, that's crazy. Shout out to Down to Adam Court. It's good, yeah. Mm. I just the it's okay, Sammy. I'm here. Huh. Oof. Don't Oof. do this to me. I already <laughs> cried two weeks ago or whatever it was. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. I said those words and I was like, oh my god. I really liked, despite being a Dab and Laughlin episode, I really like Dark Side of the Moon. Uh huh. Yeah. It is a good like See family. Yeah, it's also really cosmic and fun. yeah, like mm -hmm. aesthetically, it's, it's it's trippy. Yeah, I'm gonna say Dark Side of the Moon. Surprising myself. Nice. Okay. I think I'm gonna say Swan Song just because it is such a finale. It's so it's really good. good. Like, it's a really good a finale. Finale. Um, none of our favorites have been finales so far, but I think it's like good, especially as a season and a series finale. Yeah. No. Yeah. It it is really good. It I'm is just, really good. I'm resistant my... to choosing like plot yeah. important episodes as my favorites, but that one is a really good episode. Mm -hmm. It made me actually physically cry, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Okay, so this uh, ask that we got in the middle of our <laughs> ask, show. Ask us the thing that we were already doing, <laughs> which it's is very fine. funny. Beautiful Glider asked, if I'm not too late, I've got a few questions for your postmortem. I'd love to know what each of you would choose as your top five episodes from the Kripke era, which one episode you'd each pick as your most hated, and also if you have any favorite characters who are only in one episode and you wish they were in That's more. That's a great question. Congrats that, on being that... officially a third of the way through Supernatural. Your podcast continues to be one of the highlights of my week. Thank you, Beautiful Thank Glider. Thank you, Beautiful Glider. Um, I think the same username has sent in and asked before, so thanks for recurring. Yeah. Um, we love you. Yeah, so we kind of did the first half of this. We haven't ranked them. Mm -hmm. um, 
as like top five. I I don't know if we have time for that. Ranking things is hard. Yeah. Um, I don't think we. I, I, I think we've think given we, our but, top uh, five. We didn't give yeah. them in order. It's fine. I'm always um, bad. Favorite at, like, characters in only anyway. one episode. This is this is a great more. question. That's good. Um, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit and enter my mind palace for Supernatural and think about characters <laughs> I wish came back. Brb. I'm trying to think of like what great. Hmm. Okay, I think I have an answer, and I'll wait until Wyatt gets back. Hopefully, I don't forget. I've got like four characters floating around in my head for this. Okay, I think the first one that came to my mind, because um, I was just I'm listening to Folsom Prison Blues currently in our show, um, and I think Deacon should have come back. I have a similar thought. I, I really was also like thinking I was I can't remember the guy's name, but whoever was who like tipped them off about the case in Phantom Traveler because he's John's friend or whatever. Like I feel like they should have mm. recurring networkers, which is why like yeah. Bobby stuck around because they realized like yeah, it makes more sense if they have consistent people who are tipping them off about cases. Um but yeah, yeah whoever that guy was and Deacon like they're symptomatic of the bo- the no Bobby phenomenon. mm mm-hmm. Mhm society if no bobby um and i was thinking i mean this is a little bit cheating because they were technically in two episodes but the blood freaks who only showed up in the season two finale um yeah i mean we met ava and um yeah what is his name um my little stoner yeah andy Uh, Andy? got it yeah we met ava and andy before those episodes so they had their time already but like um i should have just brought up a list of the kids Okay, so we have Andy and Ansem we saw. Ava we saw. Jake, Lily, uh, Scott were, I think, just only introduced in the finale. Um, yeah. And so technically they were in two episodes because it's a two-parter. But I think it... I, I don't think that, like, they needed to have been introduced earlier. I think it works really well to have them new. But it is disappointing that we had these cool characters and then just killed them all. Mm-hmm. Like Jake, sexiest character. Yeah. He literally won. He deserved to win. He deserved to win. Um, yeah, it's cheating, but Ava, I <laughs> love her, like, I just think, yeah, I know, just, like, characters yeah, I like fair. the most, um, oh, Andy's in the anime, oh, great. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, you know what, we should have uh, seen Ava come back see... as a demon. Yeah. So true. And I'm Bella, excited. we should have seen I'm Bella excited. come back as a demon as well. Um, <laughs> I, Andy's not gonna be a stoner in the anime, they're, the cultural taboo against, like, weed and drugs in general in japan is so powerful but i mm-hmm. i which makes me sad but i'm curious to see what anime andy is gonna be like <laughs> um anyway uh yeah so ava's cheating she would be my answer if it wasn't locked to a single episode um oh man uh, well, my, like, cheating joke... i wish that anna was in more than six episodes yeah. same with bella my like joke answer is cassie <laughs> Oh my god, no, I forgot that Cassie's in only one episode. You're so yeah. right. You're so right. Like, You're so right. I feel like it would have been really interesting if she was a recurring character, even though her episode is bad. Like, Rhonda I really Hurley. Liked her. Um, Rhonda Hurley is never even in the show. She is only mentioned because she is the girlfriend mm-hmm. who made Dean try on her panties in the right, end. Right, right. <laughs> as mentioned in the Shout end. out to Rhonda Hurley for... For single-handedly transing Dean's gender. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think of other. Um. Oh, what's his name from Night Shifter? 
Ronald's. Ronald. Ronald. Well, he is. I really like he Ronald. does come back as a ghost. He does come back as a ghost. But he's out of character as a ghost because he's mad. Yeah. He's a witness. Yeah, but he's in. I mean, I talked about like my um art the like cultural issues around Ronald, but I really like I, I I the idea of the boys having like a alternative to Bobby, who's like a weird conspiracy nerd. I feel like could have been really fun as a recurring character that like they come back to and do stuff with. You know and, what? And also, I'm gonna say it, Jess. She does come back kind of in that, like, she's haunting him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He sees her, and Lucifer, like, appears to Sam as her. But, wait, is that in seasons one through five? I don't remember if that happened yet. Uh, yeah, no, that happened. Okay, phew. I couldn't remember if that was a spoiler, but we're good. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, we see Jess a couple of times after the pilot, and, of course, she's mm-hmm. in Dream a Little Dream of Me. Um, no. What is and what should never be? One of those. Um, whichever one is the gin. I thought that was Dream a Little Dream of What is and what should never oh, be? Okay. Yeah. I, I know it confuses me dream too. Dream a Little because Dream of Me is the mushroom got dream right. In the title. Right, right. Oh, I forgot about that episode. Yeah, they eat yeah, the, they dream eat the horrible dream right. mushrooms and they fight uh, like weird teen Freddy Krueger <laughs> wannabe. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so she, we do kind of see Jess again in mm-hmm. um, what isn't what she actually be, though, but like it's in the same Indian's way. Don't really see Ronald again. I think one of Hunter's. Shout out to the guy who had the colt and died. Elkins. Elkins, yeah. I don't know if I'd want him to be in more episodes. Well, he was but, in like... two because there was the episode where he died, and then the one where Dean time traveled. That's fair. Mm-hmm. He... Oh, God, what if he's in the Winchester? <laughs> There you go. Um, you got your wish. No. Uh, we need to be like wrapping up real quick. Yeah, I know. I'm. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna we... say. I'm gonna say a duo. Um, Isaac and Tamara. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should have seen Tamara. She's they... literally alive and out there. Why did we never see yeah. her again? They literally deserve Sorry, so much fucking better. That name yeah, has. It's okay. We were making that that mistake <laughs> yeah. when we actually watched the episode. But yeah. And of course, I think we've already mentioned uh, Kali and the other gods should have gotten more than one episode. Well, yeah. Well, I I don't know if they should have been in the show. Right, but if you're gonna put them in the show, yeah, they should have had yeah. more than one episode. Yeah, yeah. Especially because mm-hmm. like you, they deserve their own show. And even in the episode that they did get, like they didn't even kill Kali. So like, why is she just like she's yeah. just laying low now forever? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, is that all we have? I guess so. Yeah, I guess we're. Yeah, I, I so. guess that's it. Fantastic! It's been real. Yeah. Thank goodness yeah, we're free of this you. show now. <laughs> if, if you've been here the whole time, uh, thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Um, so next week, of course, we're gonna do our hiatus. Nope. No. no. Next week we're, we're doing, doing our Ghost Facers episode. Ghost Facers episode, Ghost Facers episode yeah. and then a hiatus, and then we start season six. Um, season six, episode one and two. Let's see. Uh, I have the episode list right here. Uh, I'll do this for I'm once. Uh, Exile on Main Street and Two and a Half Men. <gasps> yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Uh, Exile on Main Street is just like, here's what happens right afterwards. And then they get back into like things happening and Two and a Half Men is good. It's is it good okay? for That's it's good, good for at least one specific reason. I'm not making claims about the episode's quality as a whole, but I can't say what that okay. reason is. Yeah, just from the synopses, I'm like, oh, these episodes probably suck. But that's just because I am inherently, like, anti-season That's because season six is bad and stupid. Yeah. Like, a lot of season six is going to be, like, 
hard to get through in that it's not nearly as good as the rest of the show has been and that is saying something because all we do is dunk on this show um but it's fine because once we get through season six then we get to watch season seven which is a little bit better and then we get season gate yeah season six is boring because Cass is barely in it Mm -hmm. but then we do get 620 of course to make up for it wait hold on let me scroll up what's 620 (laughs) can't wait for season six (laughs) yeah so it's gonna be great we're gonna have a fantastic time thank you for joining along with us um here's to the other two-thirds of this show yeah we only have what's 327 minus 104 uh 223 episodes to go yay yay okay bye everybody well bye everybody oh right uh uh, driving up yeah i know i guess we don't really have a a bit we can do for that (laughs) we're gonna be well no we already said the season five finale thing so yeah we're yeah, just we're driving off sitting here. We're, just we're going, yeah, we're... clicking over to the Ghost Facers webisodes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoy that. That 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 we was a, a fun time. That. You'll you'll like that. It's mm-hmm. a little 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 tasty treat. It's nice mm-hmm. and short, more or less. His voice is so normal! I mean, he is a guy. Yeah, but like, he doesn't sound like Dean. It's horrible. Every time I hear him or like Misha Collins uh-huh. talk, I'm like, who are these men? That's acting, baby. Well, it's also talking like you're fucking choking on gravel and cock. Why are you getting choking on something? Gravel, perhaps? <laughs> or cock? Uh, just my own trachea. I love that we're, we're recording all of this. Music used on Word of Godcast is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find a link in the episode description.